It's heinous. It's nasty. It's impolite. It's everything you'd hoped you'd never hear in a podcast. In a way, it's inconsiderate to do this to the listeners week after week, but I don't care. I just keep going. Because everybody always says, I can't complain. Well, guess what? I can. We're back. Brand new week, brand new episode. I hope everybody's doing well. My name is John, and somehow, someway, you found this podcast. It's the I Can't Complain podcast, and it is. I stand by what I said. It is inconsiderate to continue making these episodes week after week, but I really don't give a shit. Um, guys, we're in for a little fun and games episode today. I was originally going to title this a no news episode, but we're going to cover some news. But first, I wanted to talk about. We want to. I want to take you guys back to 2002 with me. We're going to go back to 2002 when little John, when I was probably 15 years old, and um, I had a friend that worked at the dollar store. Now, the reason I'm telling this story this week is I was talking to somebody recently, and we were talking about the episode that I did a few weeks ago, the Forever Hawaii episode, where I watched the old man's VHS tape from 1986 about... Hawaii. Anyway, this person was saying you should do it. You should watch some pornography on your program. Watch some pornography and and you know talk about that and narrate that as it's going on. I'm not going to do that. But it did remind me of, of a story. It reminded me of a story when I was 14 or 15 and my friend Trevor worked at the Dollar Tree. Now, in the shopping center where the Dollar Tree was, there was a Buffalo Wild Wings, and my friend Trevor and I were we were regulars of that Buffalo Wild Wings. I've been to Buffalo Wild Wings a few times in the past 10 years. It's it's pretty shitty now. It's not up to the standards that it used to be. In 2002 in Ohio, the Buffalo Wings, the Buffalo Wild Wings, the BW3s, it was on fucking point. And I remember my friend Trevor and I, we would eat copious amounts of like their two hottest wings, like the Wild and the Blazing Wings. My spice tolerance back then was off the charts, guys. I could eat habaneros like apples back then. I can't do that anymore. But we would load up on buffalo wings, and then we would go into the parking lot, and we would play, like, baseball. We were, my friend Trevor and I, I don't talk to my friend Trevor anymore, actually, because I moved when I was in high school, and I and I, just, I stopped talking to a lot of my friends from high school. I haven't talked to him in, I guess it's two decades now, but we would play, like, baseball in the parking lot and eat a bunch of buffalo wings, and then we would go and fuck around at the uh, Dollar Tree. The specific store that I'm going to talk about today is the Dollar Tree. We would fuck around the Dollar Tree, and we started, like, buying random shit in the Dollar Tree. Anyway, my friend Trevor eventually started working at the Dollar Tree. I think that was his first job when he was, like, when we were, like, 15. Maybe he had turned 16, so he got that first job at the Dollar Tree. This Dollar Tree, guys, I am almost 100% sure that they were selling merchandise that wasn't wasn't approved by, like, um, the Dollar Tree, like, corporate or whatever. They weren't ordering these products directly from, like... Dollar Tree like wholesalers or whatever because they had some weird shit in that Dollar Tree. Shit that I've never seen inside I've never seen in a dollar store or I've never even seen shit like this outside of a dollar store. They sold clothing in this dollar store, guys. They stole they sold clothing that was all like super tiny. I remember I had some like flannel shirts that I bought at the Dollar Tree and they were so small. I would have to try and squeeze them on and the buttons would snap. And um, we would also buy, like, random VHS tapes, but they weren't, like, real... They weren't real Disney movies. They were, like, reworked Chinese versions of Disney movies where um, 
The movies themselves were quite funny, but the great thing about these VHS movies were the, the covers, man. All the art was redone in like Disney type styling, but but it, it had like an like an anime type of of appearance to it. And we would buy these like knockoff Disney movies, these these fake Russian and Chinese Disney movies, and we would laugh our asses off, man. But one day, one day we wanted to, I wanted something a little bit more adventurous than shitty clothing. And knockoff Disney movie. So I remember he was working there, and I went into the back, and they had this large, like, container of VHS tapes. And I just picked up a few random VHS tapes and took them home. And I wasn't, ex- I was expecting, like, more, like, knockoff, like, cartoons and stuff like that, more, like, um, Chinese shit. But instead, what I got was a black and white VHS tape. At the age of 15, I purchased pornography from the Dollar Tree. I can say it was. I, I'm naming the Dollar Tree because it was in fact a Dollar Tree. This was. This isn't a random. Um, this isn't a random dollar story. I'm talking about. This is specifically a Dollar Tree in 2002 in the Cincinnati area of Ohio, buying black and white VHS pornography. And I remember I sat down with a few of my friends, and we didn't know what we were getting into. I popped it in the VHS player, and we didn't know what was about to come because it was a like a blank. Uh, there wasn't it wasn't evident that it was pornography before I put it in, but as soon as I pressed play, I saw a black and white image of a woman. All I remember is it was a black and white image of a woman. She was laying on a bed, and I remember the bush on this woman. The bush on this woman. These women had afros for pubic hair. These bushes were as large as I've ever seen before or after to this day. So yeah, that's my story with pornography. If you ever want to uh, maybe. Um, hunt down some old old school black and white pornography. Maybe go to your Dollar Tree and ask them because maybe they've got, maybe they have a secret stash of pornography in the back. I don't know. I doubt it was a. I doubt it was approved by by. Uh, I doubt they knew what they were selling. But yeah, selling a fifteen year old black and white pornography. Good on you, Dollar Tree. We would play in that parking lot too. I remember we would play in that parking lot. We would um, piss people off at the Hobby Lobby. Because my friend Trevor and I would play baseball in their parking lot with like, I don't even know what we were using. We were like using like tennis balls and wooden bats or some shit. I don't know exactly what we were doing, but I remember we would piss people off at the Hobby Lobby, but I never cared. I never cared because if there's ever been a store that caters exclusively to 55-year-old women who don't like blacks but love cats, it's the Hobby Lobby. The Hobby Lobby is pretty much the most depressing place in the world, and I'll stand by that. You go in a Hobby Lobby and you wander around for 15 or 20 minutes, and all you want to do is leave and immediately slit your wrist. The Hobby Lobby, the, the Hobby Lobby is more depressing than Ukraine at the current moment. I would rather be in a concentration camp than be in a Hobby Lobby. Jesus Christ, you can't say that. But I think the Hobby Lobby is honestly the most depressing place in the world and a place that I never want to spend time in. But we would play baseball in their parking lot. We would eat a shitload of chicken wings. And I would buy black and white pornography from the Dollar Tree as well as clothing and knockoff Chinese Disney tapes. So that's my childhood. I don't know how your childhood went, but that's how my childhood went. Giant bushes, buffalo wings, and baseball in Hobby Lobby's parking lot. That was my childhood. You wonder how... You wonder why this podcast is is, is uh, as unhinged as it is. It's because I grew up playing baseball in Hobby Lobby's parking lot, pounding buffalo wings, and watching black and white pornography in the year 2002. God damn. They would also sell CDs in the dollar store, and I remember compiling like shitty music and mixtapes out of those. Like I would buy the shitty CDs from the Dollar Tree, 
I would go home and I would find the worst songs on each individual CD and I compiled them into into a CD that I titled The Best of 2002. I also recently ran across one of the songs that I remember specifically putting on the 2002 mixtape from the Dollar Tree store. I found it recently. Now, do you tell me, as a 15-year-old, you wouldn't love to just watch some black and white pornography and rock out to this shit? The mixtape was legitimately, legitimately one of the worst things I've ever heard. This was probably a highlight of that mixtape, because I remember a lot of it was like um, foreign music and like German and shit, but I was happy to find this one because it was in English and... Evidently, it's by someone named Kef. Amherst Records, don't... Wouldn't it be crazy if I got a copyright claim on this? Of everything that I've done on this program, this is what's going to get me the copyright claim. Playing Kef. I don't know where this guy is now, but I... I hope he got out of the business with his dignity intact, but I doubt it. I don't even know who this woman is. Alright, that's enough of that. I can't even listen anymore to that shit. You get the point. I think you get what I'm saying. I had a fucked up childhood and black and white pornography and bad mixtapes were probably at the heart of all that. Well, there's just no way, there's no easy way, I should say, to transition from that to what I want to talk about next, guys. Is it just me, though, or has anybody else had a strange craving for... Russian caviar lately. Is that just is that just me or I, I just strange cravings. Guys, it's time to learn Russian. I hate to break it to you like this. It's time to learn Russian. It's time to start using the dressing. It's time It's time to start now just in case, guys. We need to assimilate each and every one if you're American, I'm talking to you specifically right now, Canadians, you too. We need to assimilate. If I go out and I see a single salad without Russian dressing on it, I'll know you guys aren't preparing for all the possibilities. You're done using Italian dressing. You're done using ranch dressing. This isn't a request. This is an order, guys. I mean... What's it? It's almost been three weeks, and um, the the Russian the Russian tanks, the Russian soldiers, the troops are almost to Kiev, Kiev, Kiev. I don't know when I don't know when the pronunciation changed, but I'm going to call it Kiev. The Russia they've made such progress in three weeks that they're almost to the capital city of Kiev, guys. By my math, if they put those tanks on ferries and take them across the Atlantic Ocean. In in a in roughly two hundred and twenty to two hundred and twenty five years, they'll be in America. Those Russian tanks that you see today, in a in in two hundred to two hundred and fifty years, they'll be on the shores of America. And with all the advances in medical technology that we've had, we have to assume that each and every one of us will be alive in two hundred and twenty years. So you need to start preparing now. You're going to be alive when these tanks reach the American shores in two thousand and. 30, no, I mean, not 2030, I can't even say it right because it's so far off, in 2300, in the year 2300, these tanks will land on the shores of America, and if you're still using that ranch dressing, they're going to know you're not with them, they're against them, so you need to start using Russian dressing, you need to start assimilating immediately, 
And you might say, John, we're banning all these Russian products. And that's fine. That's fine. Everybody else wants to ban the Russian products. I want you guys to go the other way with it. I want you guys to adopt the Russian products. For the eventual the eventual takeover that will occur, I want you to be ready. So if I go out and I see, let's say I wander into a restaurant and I see somebody using any other dressing than, than Russian dressing, that'll be the last dressing that you ever eat in front of me. I'm goddamn positive of that. You guys need to start assimilating. I'm not looking forward to it either. I'm not looking forward to it. It's not a good salad dressing. I, It's not a good salad dressing. Arguably, I think you can make a claim that the Russian salad dressing is probably the worst of the salad dressings. But from now on, you're using it exclusively. You need to be ready to assimilate. Start learning Russian. Start learning Russian now. Start ordering caviar and eating it on small baguettes. Start living your life as a Russian because the time is coming before too long that you're going to be you're going to be bowing down to Vladimir Putin and you're going to be saying look at me uh, my fridge is stocked with Russian dressing I'm eating caviar on a regular basis I'm with you everybody's standing against Vladimir Putin now that's a very short-sighted thing to do cuz you don't think that those tanks are capable of making it through 5000 more miles you don't think those tanks are capable, but they are. Those tanks are fully capable of landing on the American shores in the year 2300. And guess what? Vladimir Putin's going to... It's going to be sort of like a Napoleon-type thing, where he's going he's gonna to step on the shores and he's going to plant his flag in the coast of North Carolina and he's going to say, fuck this barbecue. I'm coming on shore. We're eating Russian dressing now. Ru- I don't know. And borscht. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about the, uh, I don't know much about what the uh, Russian people eat, but I do know one thing. One thing has become abundantly clear here in the past like week. The Russians love themselves at McDonald's. Russian people love McDonald's and before too long, I guess, I guess um, actually as of like today or tomorrow, I think McDonald's is has pulled out of Russia. McDonald's has left Russia, and the people of Russia are panicking. Evidently, many Russians are making their last stand, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about them opposing the war in Ukraine. I'm talking about them chaining themselves to McDonald's. Lucas Safronov has handcuffed himself to the entrance of a McDonald's in the video. I don't know what he's saying. It's not subtitled, and I don't speak Russian, but this man's willing to go down with the cause. This man's willing to chain himself to the exterior of a McDonald's until he gets served, and I respect the shit up. Wait, people are walking by him and going inside. He's chained himself to one of the double doors, but people are uh, people are going in the other double door. Why do wait? If it's still open, why? He, oh, he doesn't want them to close. That's why he's chained himself. You should at least wait until after business hours. Show a little respect. But yes, people are making their last stand, guys. Residents of the Russian capitals entered the McDonald's grabbing what they could. Grabbing what they could. Their last Big Mac, Filet-O-Fish, or McNuggets. He handcuffed himself to the front door. He said, I'm not leaving. I'm not going down without a fight. I'm going to fight for what I believe in, and I believe in McDonald's. He's not the only one in the Russian country that's panicking, though. People are hoarding, guys. The hoarder pounder, Russian McDonald's fan, sto- Russian McDonald's fan, stocks up as restaurants close. 
There's a story here about a man with 61 burgers in his fridge. 61 burgers in his fridge. There's also stories about there's stories about Russians trying to sell Big Macs for around $36 each in a McDonald's paper bag going for more than 300 online. And the paper bag that's going for 300 and some dollars online, nobody even knows if there's food inside. It could be empty, it could be full of french fries. We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what they're buying. They just want memorabilia. They want what they want is their last little taste of a Big Mac. They want that special sauce to drip off their chin as as the Russians fire their missiles into Ukraine. As Kiev falls, these Russians want to watch it on TV and enjoy their Big Macs, and I can't blame them because it's entertainment. I'd like to be able to tell you the war's not entertainment, but the war's entertainment. It was entertainment really for about, wait, what are we going to say, about seven to ten days, and now... Now nobody really cares anymore, but these Russians are still invested. All these Russians want to do are eat fast food and watch war on TV, and I respect the shit out of that. But don't chain yourself to a don't chain yourself to a McDonald's that's still open. At least wait until after they close. God damn! But guys, inflation is out of control. Gas prices are out of control. Inflation is way up, but I I like this little nugget that Charles Bukowski gave us years ago. If you know the poet Charles Bukowski, he said said something years ago that's always stuck with me, and I, I wanted to share it with you guys. Listen to this. I like this take on inflation. I like what the kid told me in Paris. The king of the what? The king of the punks? Yeah. He said, people complain about smog. I love it. He zipped up and down. And you know, there is a way of loving smoke. It's not a non-truth. It feels good. You walk out and you go, you're part of it. Shit, you're walking through smog. You live through smog. You love the buildings. You love the inflation. There are creatures who adjust to conditions. There will be smog people, inflation people. The higher the price... You're going to go into a place someday and you're going to, the uh, waitress will say, well, it's a do- $365 for a, a, a leg sandwich of mutton. And you say, is that all? 36 for a Big Mac. Is that all? And here's a $365 tip. These are the people who are going to survive, don't you see? They're ready for inflation. They're ready for smog. They love it. The Russians are ready. It's only mental. The Russians in Moscow are ready to pay $36 for a Big Mac. And it makes my heart sing. It makes me smile. It makes me appreciate the Russian people. Guys, this war, real talk here for a minute. I don't blame the Russian people. I blame Vladimir Putin. The Russian people just want to eat their Big Macs. I just want to eat their caviar. I just want to enjoy Russian dressing. I want to sit down to a meal and enjoy Russian dressing on a salad and not get a not get a weird look from the waitress when I say that I want that. I want you guys, we're back to this. I'm back to preaching to you about using Russian products, use the Russian dressing, use the caviar. When those tanks get here in 250 years, you'll be ready for it. You'll be you'll be 300 years old. And you'll be paying $800 for Big Macs, and you'll be eating caviar and using Russian dressing, and Vladimir Putin will give you, he'll give you a nice long look over, and he'll say, these are my people here. These are my people because they've assimilated into Russian culture. I denounce my American citizenship. I'm a Russian now. 
I'm a Russian. I use Russian dressing. I eat caviar, and that's I'm ready for inflation. I'm paying $36 for Big Macs like a man. I'm paying $300. I'm not going to pay $300 for a McDonald's bag. That seems unnecessary. But you know one thing is true. When you go out and you order an expensive steak, you enjoy it more because you've paid more for it. So maybe they're onto something. Maybe these $36 Big Macs, maybe they taste that much better because you put that much more money into it. You do the math and you say, you say, I worked three hours. I worked four hours. I worked all day to enjoy this one Big Mac. I'm going to savor every last moment of it. I'm going to savor every last bite of it. So the Russians that are buying $36 Big Macs, my hats are off to you. I'm converting to Russian dressing as of today. The Italian dressing's out of my fridge. The ranch dressing is gone. It's all Russian products. I'm only buying Russian products from here on out. I'm only using their dressing, and I don't care what you say to me. I'm 100% with Russia. Long live Mother Russia. Long live Vladimir Putin. Long live the Russian people. Fuck Ukraine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got carried away. I'm sorry. I got carried away there. This is probably a good point to end the episode on. But I just want you guys to start assimilating yourselves into Russian culture right now so you're not caught off guard when the tanks finally roll onto the beaches. Get ready for it. It's coming. Long live Vladimir Putin. Long live Russia. That's it. Bye. I'll pay $36 for a Big Mac over my dead body. I don't know if I'd even pay $5 for a Big Mac. I'm not a Russian sympathizer. Stop accusing me of that. Real recognize real. That's all I gotta say. Vladimir Putin is an insane individual, an unhinged individual. Something I relate to. is it going to take for those Russian tanks to reach the capital? God damn, get your shit together, Vladdy. I know there's no pressure for you to hurry up and get to, to get there because, you know. But, come on. Show a little urgency. I know spring is coming, but show a little urgency. Fuck. It's like below zero and the tanks are just, people are just casually milling around. They're like, do you think we should drive these tanks into the capital now? And they're like, oh, I don't know. The Ukrainians are putting up a lot of... They're putting up a fight. Do we really want to go in there when we can just go to McDonald's and get a $36 Big Mac? I don't think so. I like how I said it's a no-news episode, and then it ends with me praising Vladimir Putin. That took an unexpected turn. That's all I got to say. <laughs> One more thing before we get out of here. This is an independent podcast. I don't have a team behind me. Share this goddamn shit. I'm tired of telling you guys to share this goddamn shit. Help an independent podcaster out. and Get your shit together and share it. Fuck. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.